I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Earl Malivo, Director of Country and Business Development, World Remit. Earl is in the Philippines. I am in London. We speak by the wonders of the internet. Now, according to a recent report from remittance industry leaders, digital transactions of remittances will exceed 50% of global international money sending by 2032. What are the trends you're seeing now, Earl? Definitely, there's a continued shift towards digital uh, remittance services. It's happening both on the send side and also on the receive side. Send side, which means uh, money transfer businesses that are digital first, and those legacies or the the incumbents, as we call them, uh, will continue to build on digital money transfer channels on their side, both on the web and also on the app. On the receive side, because of the increased adoption towards uh, mobile wallet services in the many uh, receiving countries like the Philippines, for example. We are continuing to see more and more remittances being sent to uh, these digital receipt channels. It's not just about companies like yours who are doing this and who are going digital. The consumer themselves are going digital, aren't they? And is this a factor of the take-up of modern telecom technology, first of all feature phones and then moving to smartphones? Actually, that started probably one of the factors that started that trend several years back. But I think the the biggest factor in the past two years in terms of influencing digital adoption is really the pandemic. If there would be a few things that positively affected the industry, it's, it's probably the pandemic because people who used to send offline were forced to sent online uh, through digital channels because of the restrictions. On the received side, obviously, in the case of Philippines, for example, uh, we saw that at the early onset of the pandemic, there was a hyper growth amongst mobile wallet services and digital channels uh, for banks as well. So the pandemic is probably the biggest factor, uh, as, as we put it. It's changed habits, it's changed behavior, and, and you're saying it's also changed the institutions as well. Absolutely. Financial services, even traditional banks, were really forced to ramp up their their investment towards uh, their digital channels because the behavior of consumers rapidly changed and the restrictions obviously helped accumulate that change. I'd like to think that it's because of the fact that it's digital, it's got cheaper and faster. Is that true? Yes, yes. The cost structure being digital first doesn't really involve physical locations for remittances, for example, because you eliminate those physical locations, at least on the send side. And we've built our proprietary digital platforms that is way ahead of of the pandemic, really. So the cost structures are already very low. That translates us providing lower fees or rates or better rates for our consumers or for the senders in particular. And that obviously contributed uh, to the overall continuing decline of sending money uh, across the globe. When you say decline of sending money, you're talking about sending actual physical cash as opposed to remittance values. I'm pertaining to the cost of sending money. So, for example, uh, if you send $200 on the average to the Philippines, it used to be, what, more than $10 of costs, even higher than that. But now... We're already already seeing that the cost average is less than $5, for example, in many instances. So we see a general decline in in the actual cost of sending money for our consumers because of the heightened competition and also obviously the prevalence of digital money transfer channels offering better rates and also lower fees. And this is 
quite simply going to grow to a substantial proportion of international money sending. This growth is not going to stop, is it? It will just continue. Uh, I don't think competition will taper down because even the incumbents are offering zero fees for their digital channels. So when you send to, say, to the Philippines, you just type into Google and you'd see top results would be offering zero fees as a standard promotion. If the amount of money that is being sent continues to grow, there's got to be a significant impact of remittances on the economies of the countries where the money is going. How's that going to pan out? We've already been seeing the importance of uh, money transfers to migrant-sending countries like Philippines. In fact, it's almost 10% of our GDP. And one out of 10 Filipinos are actually abroad working for their families back home. So as we see cheaper ways of sending money uh, back home, we only see that our senders would send more frequently, although the amount might be a little lower in some instances. But they continue to send and more frequently, and which means higher take home for their or higher remittances being sent uh, back home, which obviously translates to them spending more and fueling further the economy. In the experience of the Philippines, for example, during the pandemic, many analysts were actually thinking we might be or estimating that it will be a 10%, 15%, even 20% decline in remittances. But that didn't happen. Uh, you see, migrant workers continuously send money back home because it's very much important for their recipients or their families to receive their remittances for daily sustenance. What's going to happen in terms of the next stages of development? Your World Remit, you have a platform. Presumably, you white-label that platform out to others. We have seen the development of digital remittances. Digital remittances are going to grow. What's the next step? It's a very good question and a, a very broad one to answer, to be honest. But if I would put it into two categories, I'd say on the send side, we'll only see more and more competitions uh, spurring up uh, and, and using different types of technologies. For example, blockchains. Uh, we've already seen blockchains technologies, not particularly cryptocurrencies, but we are seeing these types of technologies being embedded in the remittance flow. It may not be directly through uh, offered to to uh, to consumers, but at least at the, on the back end, there's some form of it uh, being implemented. You know, we uh, on the receive side, particularly for example in the Philippines, we are already seeing mobile wallets as the main driver for it. The type of technologies being introduced, whether it be cloud-based or API-based, this only means faster or more efficient transfer of money. So we are already seeing varying uh, technologies being implemented. We've actually, we've come a long way as an industry. 10 years ago, the only a few money transfer companies would provide the real-time service. It be, it's because of the technology back then. We used to send file transfers, for example, in bulk, which will be processed by the, the payout partner, which would take one to two days. Now it's all API-based at the minimum, which means we can instantly transfer to mobile wallets. So once you tap a few buttons at your, in, in, in our wardrobe app, for example, it can be there in just a few seconds or even just a, a few minutes. It's the type of technology that we have adapted it to. And there are other types of technologies that are already being implemented and we are looking at. Probably in terms of trend, I'd say one of the things that are getting uh, really traction is uh, machine learning technologies. So artificial intelligence being embedded into the back-end system, for example, to automate uh, certain processes which 
are still quite manual. Like for example, pricing. It used to be one person scooping the prices of competition. Now we've already embedded it in our system and it's already amazingly efficient for us to scoop pricing, for example, on an automated way. So these types of technologies are already present. We just need to obviously invest in them more and find out other technologies as well, who can, which ultimately has a goal of either making our processes more efficient for our customers and also obviously offering new services. Speaking of new services, final thought for you. Traditionally, remittances have been associated with small ticket volumes of money or values of money. And we've been talking pretty much so far about the B2C business of remittances. We've been talking about consumer remittances. Is this something you think that's going to be taken up by business as well? Are we going to see growth in the B2B arena? Certainly. In fact, there are already uh, money service businesses that are uh, are focused more on B2B businesses. And and likes of World Remit, we actually dabbled with it for some time and uh, we are just preparing for uh, a more robust infrastructure for it. You know, being in the money service business, you tend to find out other opportunities beyond C2C transfers, uh, like the likes of B2C and B2B. Some of our partners are already offering it. Uh, we just need to be conscious or cautious about how we do it to make it more efficient. And also, obviously, be, being a highly regulated company, we need to uh, adapt into it in line with the different regulations that we are uh, within, that we need to adhere to. So B2B is definitely a growth opportunity for for money service businesses like us uh, but yeah currently we're, we're more focused on c2c but uh, it's it's in the near future it's only a matter of when to be honest Earl Malivo director of country and business development Philippines for world remit thank you very much